For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what it takes to keep over 1 million WordPress sites happy and healthy. And joining us for that conversation, I'd like to first welcome to Press This, Liz Ketchum of WP Engine. Liz, welcome to Press This. Hey, thanks for having me. So glad to have you here and hear about your war stories, helping to keep over 1 million WordPress sites happy. Uh, also joining us from WP Engine, I'd like to welcome Cliff Altman. Cliff, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here as well. Awesome. Really interested to hear what y'all have to say. Uh, for those listening, uh, what Liz and uh, Cliff are going to share are their uh, thoughts and their stories about how they and their teams help over 1 million WordPress sites stay happy and healthy, of course, uh, but they're going to be sharing their experiences uh, around upgrades, um, hitting uh, elite service levels, uh, things like deploy-free strategies, all the kind of stuff that happens with lots and lots of sites um, as they go through their various lifecycle motions. So uh, to kick this off, I'm going to ask you all the same question I ask every guest on Press This, and I'll start with Liz. Liz, uh, briefly tell me your WordPress origin story. When was the first time you used WordPress? Yeah. Um, so prior to, to working at WP Engine, um, I was a project manager at a small advertising agency. Uh, we were typically rebranding, you know, small to medium sized businesses in our city. Um, and as part of that rebranding process, we were typically building out new websites for these clients. 
Um, and our developer CMS of choice was, of course, WordPress. Um, so this was really my first exposure to WordPress. And I really dove, you know, headfirst into the full development cycle um, of WordPress sites as I project managed um, really, you know, the entire process. So I was there from discovery with our clients, really understanding their needs when it came to having a WordPress site, um, to then, you know, reviewing wireframes with our developers. I was the one that was actually going in and adding the content to the final WordPress site. Um, and then finally, I was actually overseeing the site launch process. So um, working with hosting providers, DNS providers to make sure that that was happening smoothly. Um, so really that experience uh, gave me great perspective on the entire agency and developer workflow. Um, and it's lended its hand really well when I decided to make the jump over to uh, WordPress hosting. Um, and I made that jump over to Flywheel and it really allowed me to relate to our customers. I could truly empathize with our agency customers because I had been in their shoes. Um, I really understand their pain points and their needs when it comes to WordPress. That's cool. I guess I'll ask you my, my next question for you and then we'll jump back to Cliff. Could you briefly tell me what your team, what you and your teams do at WP Engine now? Yeah, so currently I oversee the customer success team for the Flywheel product line at WP Engine. Um, and we are really focused on the onboarding experience for our customers to the platform. So, you know, we're working from migrations, the actual, you know, movement of sites from one host over to the Flywheel platform, um, to managing the go live process, to education of our platform, ensuring that customers understand all of the features that we have to offer, you know, making sure that they're seeing value and having early success on our platform. Excellent, excellent. Well, I bet you that uh, firsthand experience from your agency days comes in really handy for that. So that's yeah. really awesome to hear. Uh, what year do you think you, you first used WordPress, by the way? Um, gosh, that was probably about seven years ago. Okay, okay. So uh, right after, uh, seems like probably right around the REST API WPCLI release timelines in core. So that was would have been an exciting time to be there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for you there. Uh, Cliff, let's go to you. What is, uh, briefly tell me your WordPress origin story. Yeah, so um, I began my career back in a web hosting industry in 2011. Uh, it was a much larger hosting company and while doing support there, I saw a lot of WordPress sites kind of coming through, usually not necessarily with issues or so, but just asking for help, trying to get DNS set up, things along those lines. And prior to that, I had known WordPress as kind of a blog when they were very like self-hosted about it. Um, after seeing a lot of those kind of started diving into it, trying to understand like, why is everyone using this? And saw how big of a market share they were starting to take over. And that piqued my interest of learning more about it. I'm starting to build some sites with it. And then I learned about WP Engine. Um, and once I found out that WP Engine was Austin based as well, where I lived, that made it pretty easy for me to start poking around there, seeing how I could kind of transition my career into that side. Um, and in doing so, um, it allowed me to kind of move into that and learn more about it from a support perspective. So what it allowed me to do is move into WP Engine and start to work more with these sites firsthand. Um, in doing so, I was able to build my career up around managing these at scale. Um, in addition, kind of taking my previous hosting background from the server side and helping to guide the success there. So um, very much so working with these sites and the, uh, getting into WP Engine, I was able to help manage these sites at scale, um, help customers through their own journeys of building these sites. Uh, I got to build my own site for my wedding. Um, that was pretty exciting, putting that together and leveraging a lot of the different plugins to get that up. 
And um, nowadays, um, I get to help over 100,000 customers with their WordPress journey. So very excited about that piece. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like that you all kind of work together there and, and have that kind of broad spectrum of background before you arrived at WP Engine, Liz, in the agency context. It sounds like you got some OG hosting blood in there, Cliff. I like that. And I know your, your, your teams are kind of full of different people that help customers in different ways. It's really interesting to hear about that. Um, we're going to go ahead now and kind of jump into the topics at hand here. Um, Cliff, I'll start with you. Uh, what are the most common um, kind of points of a web, WordPress site's lifecycle that cause downtime? Like what are the things that are typically happening um, that would lead to a site having downtime? Yeah, I think we've seen quite a few of those. So kind of looking at them at a high level, migrations can be a big point there. Um, whenever a customer is either moving between different hosts or even internally between servers, there can sometimes be downtime around that. Um, there's ways to mitigate that with code freezes, um, prepping your DNS beforehand, but that can be a big one that's tricky to manage. Um, a lot of times it's leveraging a DNS host that has always on. Um, Cloudflare is really good about that to make sure your site doesn't really experience downtime. It might be stale content during that time, but at least your site's staying up during it. Um, of course, code changes are a big one there too. Making sure whenever you're deploying code changes, you're testing that in staging, you're doing a very thorough check over that before pushing it up to live. Um, anytime you're dealing with a lot of different changes at once that can kind of tweak sites and or mess with sites in unexpected ways. Um, another one that we've seen is PHP upgrades. Um, whenever PHP goes through their life cycle, anytime there's a big jump between core versions, that can lead to some pretty negative experiences there. It could be plugin uh, incompatibilities. Um, it could also be custom code changes that could be impacted by that. So making sure, um, at least on WP Engine side, we allow you to kind of test different versions of PHP in different environments. So that makes that change pretty seamless. But most other hosts allow you to toggle between that as well. So making sure that you're checking the version before you move over to it, you're checking for those code compatibilities. Um, yeah, that's the, those are great points. Um, I don't know actually if every host actually does things like <laughs> switching. That's that that was massive. I know for me when we released that, uh, I know a lot of folks will use things like local to test their site in an, in a different version of PHP if their host doesn't allow that. Um, but it was funny, you know. And I, I heard you mention DNS. Of course, you know it's not DNS. There's no way it's DNS. It was DNS, right? The haiku, if that's it or whatever. Right. Um, but but it sounded like most of the things you were saying is that something was changing. I was moving my site from one place to another. I was deploying code changes. I was upgrading my PHP. I was upgrading my WordPress. It, it feels like these moments of change, of course, is when most of the risk sits. Is that a fair assessment? That is fair. Um, one of the other ones that kind of comes to mind is traffic spikes. Those can sometimes be unintended. Um, usually if you know that those are coming, that's super helpful. I remember in support dealing with a lot of customer sites where they come in and they're like, hey, my site is about to go on Shark Tank or it's about to be published on a major news network. Can we work on getting this upgraded? And I think that extra lead time allows us to, as a host to help get the customer into the right state. But sometimes those can come unexpectedly and making sure that you're working with their host through that's a big key thing there too, to make sure that you're resizing and you're able to handle all that volume that's coming to your site, which is a not necessarily a bad problem to have every time. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I guess it could be, I guess, in the form of DDoS, right? So you have like these remediation aspects in terms of like unexpected things that could happen, security, DDoS, or other kind of external negative factors. But you also have these kind of positive factors like a traffic spike or appearing on a TV show. And, and those can also lead to downtime. Of course, during like the worst time, right? When you're trying to sell a bunch of stuff, 
And, uh, you know, those are, those are probably even more painful than the, uh, like a random DDoS on a, you know, middle of a Tuesday night or something. I don't know. Um, but I, I think those are really good ones. So uh, I think I really want to kind of now kind of start to dig in more on the kind of WordPress configuration and like admin type issues. Um, but we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. We're in the middle of our episode about what it takes to keep over a million WordPress sites happy and healthy. Right before the break, Cliff Altman described a little bit about what the most common kind of periods of time are in a WordPress site's lifecycle that cause downtime. Cliff had kind of mentioned these moments of change, like migrations, code deploys, um, but also these unexpected moments, things like traffic spikes or uh, maybe like a malicious DDoS or something. Um, now I want to kind of move on, though, in, into more of like the WordPress config side. Uh, Liz, um, what are some of the kind of common like WordPress specific issues um, that you see that cause downtime? Like what, are, what are people doing to their WordPresses that break stuff? You know, I think Cliff hit on some really great points. I think another one that we oftentimes see that are causing downtime is, you know, customers when they're performing um, plugin and theme updates or, you know, adding new plugins or themes on their sites without any sort of testing. Um, I think that that is, you know, oftentimes um, a, a leader of downtime um, and really emphasizing on the lack of testing. I think that is such a, a critical um, point that oftentimes folks um, are in a rush and, and they skip over. So making sure that, you know, customers um, are utilizing the tools. Um, I'm sorry, can I go back? You can, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, making sure that um, individuals are utilizing tools that they have available to them to make sure that they are, you know, performing these sorts of changes or updates in a safe environment away from their production site. So, um, DV, I think that you had touched on it, you know, utilizing tools like local or um, looking into your, if your hosting provider offers something like staging. Um, at Flywheel, we offer a one-click staging tool to make it really easy for, um, for individuals to be able to, you know, do that sort of intensive testing before they push it over to their production site to really make sure they're avoiding any sort of downtime instance. I like it. I like it. I don't think it would be a, a good WordPress podcast without someone invoking, please don't, uh, <laughs> wild west code or quote cowboy code um but i think you know you kind of called out this notion that like hey well maybe it's sometimes less sophisticated people who are um you know you know kind of wild west coding in this way to de uh, deploying plugins and themes without testing first and you kind of pointed out that in the wp engine lens and and you know other managed hosts will often have this as well but like there's this one click uh kind of staging feature that allows you to clone your site 
and then install the plugin in theme and test it. Um, do, do you think like even when that feature is available, people don't use it enough, Liz? I do. I think people oftentimes think, you know, oh, this is a small, you know, quick thing. I'm just going to change. I've done it a million times before. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's valid. Um, but you never know if this could be the instance where, you know, something's going to go awry. So just don't take your chances, you know, utilize the tools that you have available for you. I liked how you mentioned local as well, and that's a free tool, of course. And then uh, if you're non-technical, you can use a migration plugin like All-in-One Migration to move your site from your host to local to do that testing. Uh, so I just want to do the shout out for people whose hosts don't have those capabilities because it is uh, such a critical, critical part. Um, it seems like such a given to advanced developers, but it really is this big barrier, I think, for a lot of folks to actually do that in the in real life. Um, all right, cool. Well, Liz, that was actually super helpful. Um, I think we got some really good insights from that. I'm going to move on for my next question here to Cliff. So Cliff, uh, can you tell me how WordPress upgrades work at WP Engine and what lessons like you and your team um, can share with site owners? Like, um, uh, just help me understand or help especially our audience understand like when we say WordPress upgrades at W, what does that mean and why is that different than maybe how it works at different hosts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with WordPress upgrades, we kind of break those out into two different categories. We've got our core WordPress upgrades, the big point versions that are jumping up and then security or minor updates um, that are coming out as well. So from a security update and minor update perspective, we usually try to perform those as quickly as possible. They're usually smaller code changes. They won't invoke a ton of change to customers' plugins or any impact there. From a core updates perspective, as we've seen with Gutenberg or other bigger changes, those can be a little trickier to manage. We're making sure that everything's been tested beforehand. We'll typically internally wait about 30 days or so where we perform our own testing. We'll run it through our own gamut of different types of sites that have different plugins installed and look for any kind of issues or any kind of incompatibilities that might happen there. Um, when we're actually performing those upgrades, um, we'll do a linting of the site beforehand. So we'll check for site response codes beforehand. We'll go through and we'll update the sites and then we'll check those response codes afterwards on multiple pages. And that kind of helps us determine like, was that a safe upgrade? Did it break any elements on the site? Are we getting any kind of negative responses from that? Um, another key part around that is communication. Um, communication is really key to make sure that customers understand what's happening to their site what might be coming up for them. Um, we'll publish usually a status page post whenever we hear about the WordPress upgrade coming to notify of the timeline of when we're planning to patch that. Um, we do in-portal notifications as well. Um, we'll put that as a banner on the top of their WordPress site so they're aware of these changes kind of coming for the customer. Um, as far as advice for customers whenever they're coming up on one of these WordPress upgrades, um, some of the biggest feedback is just keeping your plugins up to date. Um, that's kind of a common trend there is um, with a lot of these changes, they're relying on customers being on the latest version of their plugins. So that can often mitigate 90, 95% of the issues that they might encounter with one of these changes. Um, as far as that, just making sure that they're sc we're scaling these out at a wide scale. Um, we're doing hundreds of thousands of these a day. So we're making sure that we're making it as safe as possible, but at the same time, we need customers to go through and check their sites, make sure that nothing else is happening unintentionally that we didn't anticipate there. That's a great list. I think people listening right now that are managing lots of WordPress sites and thinking about their processes are probably like feverishly writing down uh, their notes here. And I want to kind of zoom out on what you just said there, because I think for the majority of sites hosted in the wild, 
um, the platform they're on doesn't do all the stuff you just said, um, meaning and in, in particularly this notion of your host kind of managing the upgrade of PHP and WordPress with you. Um, vast numbers of WordPress sites are on uh, insecure versions of PHP, insecure versions of WordPress. And so I think this is a really good distinction for people as they think about their hosting environments. And if they're going to manage that upgrade process on their own, or maybe try to rely on their host to make sure they don't get into problematic areas. But you know, like what you described is a great kind of method for someone doing it on their own, but you kind of described it through the lens of like a host doing it which actually isn't that common. Um, is that a good way to frame that, Cliff? It is, yes. Okay, good, good, good. And so like if you're on a host though, where they do manage these upgrades for you, like they, they kind of in a, in a way kind of, kind of nudge you to the, the secure version of PHP and, and nudge you to the secure version of WordPress, um, what should people in that situation do to prepare? Is it like, just do it on my own to make sure everything's cool? Um, you said kind of keeping plugins up to date. So what do you do if you're in an environment where you're kind of getting nudged to these secure versions? Any, any advice there? Yeah, I think it's staying ahead of that curve, um, pushing your site. Once again, like Liz mentioned, like leveraging those tools that are available. If you have a staging environment, pushing your site to that staging environment and testing all the upgrades on that. And if you want to be as hands-off as possible, leveraging plugin updates, making sure you've got any kind of automatic updates you can turn on. Here at WP Engine, we have SPM, a little plug for that, that makes sure that your site's staying on the latest version of plugins, um, but making sure that you're leveraging tools like that to stay ahead of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the VRT part of it too for the automated testing. Um, all right, one question here for Liz before our next break. Liz, um, I know that your team has to hit these elite service level objectives. And for those unfamiliar, it means you're, you're supposed to like deliver on service for clients within a certain time frame. Um, and maybe we'll first answer, I guess, and we kind of expand maybe after the break, but what are, what is your top advice for teams wanting to improve their problem resolution times? Like you're doing this at scale. So what can you share to others? Yeah. You know, I really think that having proactive measures in place is, you know, the number one piece of advice I can give to folks looking to reduce problem resolution time. Um, so that is really trying to understand a problem before it even happens or before your end client even knows that it's a problem. Um, so that by the time that, you know, potentially they do realize the problem, you're already three steps ahead of them. You're already working on resolving that. Um, so, so let I, me, hey, yeah. hang on a second. So it's like, I expected you to like start with like, well, you need a plan, right? <laughs> I'm guessing you're maybe getting to this, but it's like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. The first step is actually to try to predict the future, presumably to get ahead of it. And I think that's just such a, a kind of a meta way of answering that question and thinking about it. Because um, I think like as, for me included, like when I think about this topic, I immediately think like post-problem and not necessarily pre-problem. Um, I'm really curious though, how you're kind of kind of build on this. We're going to take our last break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. 
a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of our interview with Liz Ketchum and Cliff Altman talking about keeping WordPress sites happy and healthy. Liz, right before the break, you were talking about service level objectives, and you surprisingly, to me anyways, are like, uh, you know, try to get in this proactive stance where you can detect problems before they occur. And then we kind of ended there for the break, but, but how, how build on this, like, what can we do to hit these elite SLOs? Yeah. So, you know, this must be coming from just like, it's my customer success hat on, you know, proactive work is the name of the game for us. Um, you know, we, we function so differently from like what you would normally view as like a technical support team who is very reactive. Um, and so, again, like that's the first thing that comes to my mind when, when I hear this question is um, proactive measures. Um, but I want to give, you know, folks some potentially tangible examples of, of ways that you can implement proactive measures um, as it relates to, you know, WordPress sites. So, you know, I really encourage um, people to utilize tools such as maybe New Relic or Pingdom. Um, these are the sorts of, you know, um, proactive monitoring that you can have in place to really try to identify that problem before it becomes one. Um, really trying to identify if there is site latency or site downtime, you know, utilizing these tools and starting again to reach that resolution point before your end client ever, you know, identifies that problem. Um, you know, like I had mentioned, this is, this is the name of the game for the customer success team and, and what I'm doing on a daily basis you know, we're always looking for opportunities um, to proactively educate our customers, you know, really understanding what their potential pain points could be and educating them on ways to utilize tools within our platform or within our tool belt um, that can potentially avoid that from even being a problem, you know, a week or a month down the road. Um, so it sounds like there's like this, um, you have a, a toolkit where you're trying to not only detect a problem before it occurs, or while it occurs, but before a customer realizes, um, but also this kind of predictive. So I know you mentioned New Relic by sake of example, which has a lot of like threshold performance monitoring in it. So is that like the kind of thing you're thinking about when you think about like predicting something before it's noticed, like on the site itself? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's cool. Um, so. Then what about like on the response time side, any advice there on, on uh, so you've predicted it or it's occurred, how do you make sure you deliver that service uh, super quick? Yeah, you know, I think that that's where, you know, getting back to um, what you had mentioned, DV, is really around, you know, having a plan, really understanding the various escalation paths, um, both internally and with your clients, um, understanding like what is the clearest path to resolution within my team um, or maybe even, you know, third party individuals that you work with. So that can be, you know, a really clean um, escalation from problem identification to resolution 
resolution. Um, and then also making sure that that communication path to your customer is really clear. Um, again, like making sure that you are utilizing any sort of proactive communication measures. You know, if you identify a problem, um, let your customer know that. Let them know like, hey, this has been identified and we're already working to resolve it. Um, that just gets you one step closer to being able to really close that loop on um, being able to fully uh, resolve the problem. That's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, Cliff, last question here before we have to wrap up. So uh, if you could tell me, just tell me some quick thoughts on how teams should think about uh, deploy freezes when big changes are coming. You said like, uh, you kind of mentioned that earlier. I was wondering if you could like unpack that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here at WP Engine, uh, we have a lot of internal SLO objectives when managing that many sites. We have to make sure we're not incurring, incurring any large changes that could impact a lot of our customers. So we internally do things like uh, phase deploys whenever we're rolling these changes out. We're doing minor deploys rather than one big change. That's a good way of kind of doing it is breaking it up into smaller changes so you can better gauge what might have an impact there. And along with those SLOs, when you exceed that, kind of pausing on everything and we call it a deploy freeze where we go back and we look at what code change could have broken things, what could have impacted our customers in a way. Um, how can we fix that immediately? How can we get that rolled out and monitored for increased health again and then proceed as we were? Um, another time that we leverage uh, code changes or deploy freezes uh, around that is whenever we're hitting the holiday season. Um, you don't want your site to go down during the busiest time of the season. So making sure like these big changes are rolled out beforehand. Um, you've got a pause on things so people aren't getting interrupted during their holidays or vacation time. Everyone can kind of enjoy that. And then you get to kind of bask in the benefits of your site being healthy. You're running through that season. You're taking all your orders if you've got an e-com site and you don't have to worry about your code changes impacting anything during that time. Gotcha. I like it. So you're taking into account like the time of year and the impact to the site. And then also in, in your case, I think in a lot of even agencies cases is like the impact to the people who rely on that site for stuff. Uh, and I think that's a, a really important part to think about uh, as we make changes to things, because there's these operational business and like literally people's workflows that get affected. And anytime you change a website or a platform or anything like that, I think that's a wonderful thought to think on and end on here. Um, is others listening, uh, think about how their changes might affect and, and when they should kind of pause changes um, to give the business a break or time to adjust to changes. This is very informative. Thank you so much for joining us, Cliff. Oh, glad to be here. Thank you so much. Liz, thank you as well. Yeah, thank you. To learn more about what Liz and Cliff are up to, you can visit WPEngine.com. Thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.